Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman, joined by Darren Burns. Darren, I want to start with a question. How disappointed are you to see Ravi Shastri giving grown-up interviews and emerging as some sort of beacon of tactical acumen? Yeah, it's not New India, is it? It's New Ravi. Maybe he, maybe Ravi inspired them with this new found grown-upness, dare I say it. Um, Ravi for PM. Is he making a platform? Is he making a run? Will he throw his hat into the ring? Why stop there? I feel like the UN could maybe use his, uh, his skills, problem solving, facilitation, conciliation. And, and, you know, giving up is not in his vocabulary. Yep. Others can debate. Ravi's going to celebrate. Good to celebrate. Anyway, what a series. I mean, it's difficult to know where to start. It was probably the most, I think, phenomenal test series I've had the privilege of watching. It was really like a fairy tale by the end of it. Every twist and every turn seemed to be unexpected. India somehow winning in Australia at Brisbane, the final hour of the final day of the final test, despite playing with kind of a mixture of their B and C teams and net bowlers. <laughs> Anyone who'd played seven Ranji trophies and was in the bubble was, was getting the call up for the last match. Yeah, and I think every pundit, every commentator, every journalist got everything wrong all the time. And I think it was... Including us? Yeah, I mean, it was session by session. You just never went to script. You thought someone was getting ahead then somebody did something stupid or there was an amazing catch or an unexpected wicket. It was just very difficult to know what was going to happen in each test. Um, you know, starting with the first test, you know, India were ahead of the whole test. Then they all of a sudden get blown away for 36. You know, then they went down to the SCG. What happened to the MCG was, sorry, at Melbourne, the MCG was just, you know, India you know, blew Australia away. That amazing save in Sydney where they looked like they were cruising to victory they all of a sudden took the brakes on and just batted it out for like hours and hours on end, uh, confidently and very chancelessly. Uh, and then this amazing victory in the last hour um, in Brisbane, and they haven't. Nobody's won there for for years and years and years. Um, really spectacular. Nineteen eighty-eight. And just think about it—they've had twenty players in four tests. Can you imagine if Australia was in India, right, and we lost those four bowlers? the four bowlers that we have, three of our batsmen. And could you imagine what, what the result would be? It'd be four zip over in two days in each test. I mean, the credit goes to this team, the way they stood up under enormous pressure, enormous scrutiny, and, you know, won the day was just something for the ages. And, I, you know, I think it's just the guys that came in. If you look across each test too, there was kind of a hero or two in each test and they're always different, right? If you look at the second test, there was... You know, Shubman Gill made his debut, didn't he? He looked great. I mean, Shubman Gill looks a million bucks, doesn't he? I mean, when he walks out to bat, he must, as an Indian supporter, give you enormous confidence at the top of the order. He seems so calm out there. I mean, you know, his stroke play is, is superb, but he just seems so calm. And Ajinka Rahane, right, stepping up as captain when <clears throat> Kohli went back, he scored that 100 in, at the MCG. And, you know, Ravi Jadeja, uh, Siraj with his three for on debut. Quite incredible, right? And then down to the SCG, Pajara, again, another strong innings. Rishabh Pant's 97, almost won the game, really, but kept him in the game. And Ravi Ashwin's amazing, what, 39 off 128. And Fahari's 23 off 160. Um, 
you know, 300 balls between them, 50 overs on the last day at the SCG was just phenomenal, right? Uh, and then Sundar and Shardul's partnership at the Gabba was just mouthwatering. I was driving back from my cricket training and they just come into bat and it was like six for 180. I thought, okay, 250, 260 tops. You know, they put out 120 together on their debuts and they look great. The Aussies didn't seem to know how to bowl to them. I guess they probably hadn't seen much tape, right? They played against them in the IPL, but they all, you know, Sundar always comes in for a bash. So does Takur, right? So they probably weren't sure how they're going to play. And they, they really stood up to the Australian bowlers. They were hooking and pulling, um, playing off the back foot and front foot. So that partnership was sensational. And of course, Mohammed Siraj in the second dig, right, with his Pfeiffer, really looked at one stage, Australia would get away uh, in that second innings, but they really were reined back in. And, you know, 330 looked doable uh, on that wicket, uh, although an outside chance. Did yeah, you think? I mean, an outside chance. I thought it played better. Outside chance. I, I didn't think... You know, I've not, India doesn't chase well in the fourth innings. I think this is only the third time they've chased more than 300 in the fourth innings of a test match to yeah, win. It. But I think after that performance in Sydney uh, and just the way they played, you always thought there was a shot to save the match, potentially win it. I mean, nobody gave them a chance, did they? Everyone was saying, everyone was saying 270 was too much, right? Imagine oh, if they declared. Oh, the commentary box, my gosh. The commentators, I mean, we'll talk about that separately, but... I suppose the story of this series, a lot of hubris in that commentary box, not less so, I think we have to say in the Australian team, but which I think recognized that recognized the challenge better than the Australian commentators did. And I think that was why they batted so long in, in Brisbane. But I, I guess the story of the series from an Indian perspective was the ability to come back from multiple setbacks. Um, you know, I've no, probably never seen this many setbacks occur to a team. You think about, first of all, they're in the bubble. Some of them are in the bubble since August. They haven't been able to leave their rooms. Some of them haven't seen their families. Mohammed Siraj's father died. Uh, T. Nataraj's daughter was born. They haven't, you know, seen any of these things. It's not easy things to deal with. So that's the first, that's one of the, the, the big challenges they face. They have all the injuries. They know that Kohli's going home. They're bowled out for 36 they have to deal with racism, which is quite an unpleasant thing. That rears its ugly head. I think most Indian sides would have would have ignored it or just, you know, especially young players on their first tour to Australia, as, as Ashwin pointed out. You know, when it happened to him in 2011, he just was like, well, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this because it's my first tour and I don't want the attention. You know, it's, it's that kind of victim mentality of, you know, I don't want the spotlight. Mohammed Siraj stood up and it and and it kind of brought the team together. I thought the Australian team handled that brilliantly, by the way. Um, and I think that really helped this Indian team just kind of just recognize that these challenges are surmountable. I think the work that uh, Ravi Shastri and Virat Kohli and, and the support staff have done over the last three or four years has really shone through. Um, and I think the actually the Indian board deserves a lot of credit for the amount of money they've invested in the domestic game in the National Cricket Academy and in the Indian A-team. And of course, we can't forget the role of Rahul Dravid. Um, you look at all these players that came through in this in this series, uh, Shubman Gill, Mohammed Siraj, uh, T. Natarajan, Shadul Thakur, Rishabh Pant, Washington Sundar. These are all players that have been blooded in the A-team under Rahul Dravid and in the NCA. And they look like the finished product in the way that Indian players never did previously when they emerged on the scene. Either they were brilliant or they were just like, you know, you'd see them fall away really quickly. Um, 
Whereas these guys look like they can handle the pressure. And that was very, very unusual as, as a, someone who's watched a lot of Indian cricket. You know, as recently as, as 2014, I think, when India were touring England and they went behind and got some injuries and they just fell away. And, you know, they bowled out for double digits in the, fi- in the final test. And they can't wait to get home. You know, that just that snowball, it happens in test series when a few things go wrong to a touring team. It kind of turns into a snowball and players start getting injured. They start shirking the challenge. Um, we saw the exact opposite here, the kind of thing you actually expect from an Australian team. Uh, and that that mentality, that mindset is is very different. It's kind of a, Indian it's a swagger, isn't it? They, they look pretty confident. Like Sundar, you, you didn't get the feeling he was on debut. You've, you, he, felt, he, he looked unfazed. Takora did as well, and, and so did Shubman Gill. I mean, don't forget, these guys play in the IPL, which people might say, oh, it's gotten into test cricket. I don't agree. Because in the IPL, every ball is an event, and it's extremely tense and stressful. So I think they're almost used to playing under stress and intense situations. So it kind of doesn't phase them as much, I think, as if they're not used to it. And I agree with you totally that A-team, what they've done with the A-team, and even the under-19s, you know, India always do very well in the under-19 World Cup. They don't always win, but they have all these great players coming through like Shubman Gill and Prithvi Shaw, they really have focused on that kind of the first-class cricket, plus also the under-19s and the A-squad. They have a pipeline of players almost. Like you said, like the Australia of old, in the 90s and 2000s, you could bring in a new player into the test side in Australia, he'd do really well, right? You bring in Michael Clark and he'd, he'd average 50, right? And I think... It, Stuart yeah. Law, right? Who couldn't you know, get Stuart it McGill, in the team. It, it kind of feels like it's like that, where India has this perfect moment in time at abundance of riches almost. So it's only one series, but just the way, the manner they played each game, you'd have to think that there's a lot going on in this squad right now. And and the upcoming England tour is going to be very difficult for England, you imagine. Yeah. It will. I mean, you know, India playing at home, you imagine the the confidence running through Rishabh Pant's veins. You know, he's going he's gonna to enjoy batting uh, in India. Right. But I just can't wait until they get to England and South Africa on the next tours. That's going to be something to watch. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that mindset change, I think, is, has been a huge factor. I mean, the, the fact that it was done with so many of these players who were really unheralded, especially, you know, I think Shadul Thakur and, and T. Natarajan and Washington Sundar, really net bowlers. You've watched a lot of Washington Sundar, I think. He's really a batsman, but he's been turned into a kind of off-spinning all-rounder for the IPL. But he's a very organized batsman in, in Tamil Nadu State Cricket, but he hasn't played a first-class game in three years, right? So that, that that's the kind of the bonus, the benefits and the drawbacks for the IPL. I, thought, I think one of the things the IPL did bring as well is that um, you saw from the bowling, Indian bowlers were more expensive in the final test, but they created more opportunities than the Australian bowling attack. And that that kind of reminds you of the benefits of the IPL. Of course, the end of Brisbane, the final hour, we saw Rishabh Pant and Washington Sundar unveiling some strokes. I mean, just ridiculous stuff, right? Washington Sundar hooking Pat Cummins for six. Shadul Thakur, his first scoring shot in test cricket, is hooking Pat Cummins for six. I mean, this is the stuff of which dreams are made, right? I mean, it's just It's just crazy. If you told me all this was going to happen in this test series... Uh, beforehand, I would have said you're nuts. You know, this is no. There's no way this is going to happen, uh, and it's 
it, it made for such a rich test series. It reminded us how glorious test cricket is because of the drama involved in, in, in 20 days of cricket, two very evenly matched sides, so many swings and roundabouts and ups and downs. But it also, I think, just kind of, it, it, just th- that level of drama, I think, um, is just something you don't really see in other sports, I would suggest. And, you know, even whether it's IPL or limited overs cricket or whatever. Uh, and the payoff. There wasn't really dra- any drama on the field, was there? There, there wasn't any, anything really untoward on the field. There was those ridiculous stump mic comments, but they were all very harmless, I thought. I mean, I think, um, you know, Tim Payne, he... I, I don't really have a problem with Tim Payne. Um, I, I think he seems like quite a, a decent guy. Uh, I think he's done a, a good job in difficult circumstances. I think he's a player of limited ability. I, I kind of feel like he's been over-promoted a little bit, which isn't his fault at all. Um, but he's done well in those circumstances. I think the situation just got to him in um, in Sydney. He said a couple of things that he... I've never seen anyone more embarrassed by their own sledging than Tim Payne was. You know, he comes out the next the next morning to apologise. This is just... Yeah, I think you, you, you sent me a message saying, what's up with Tim Payne? Um, I think he just seemed a bit off. Yeah, he seemed out of sorts. Yeah, I, I don't know, what, you know whether that was something on the field or off the field, but he just didn't seem himself. Like, he seemed a bit off his game. Well, he kept complaining to the umpires, remember? And the Australians did seem a bit flat, like, through the test. It just didn't seem to be a very good vibe going on in the team. It, even Smith was quiet. I thought Warner was quiet on the field. It just didn't seem to be that energy they normally bring. You know, the Australian teams bring that energy in the field. They just seemed to me a bit flat. I don't know if it was the bubble. They just felt they'd cruise along. I, I really don't know what it is, and I can't put my finger on it. But they seemed a little bit, like, not on their game. I mean, Pat Cummins was exceptional. So was Hazelwood. I mean, their, their returns in the series were, were excellent. You know, I think Lyon... Oh, Cummins is remarkable. Cummins is just... Lyon and Stark were disappointing, especially in Brisbane, I think. You know, two bowlers were bowling well, two weren't bowling so well. You know, they didn't really put their best foot forward. But from an Australian point of view on the whole series, I think it's a, a feeling of intense fallibility right now. Um, you know, we're not safe. Yeah. To be to be beaten in, in Brisbane in this manner. We have a feeling of safety in Brisbane. We have a feeling of a home test series that we're going to win. We're going to flog the team, we're going to thrash them. Uh, we basically lost to India's A, a and B team. And I think it calls into this whole thing about this idea of Australian exceptionalism that a lot of people have in Australia, that we're better at many things like sport and cricket. We're, we're the best team at cricket, right? Especially you listen to the commentators of this hubris they talk about. I mean, I think that goes to the very core because we had more or less our best team on the park. Who would you have chosen out of the bowlers? You would have chosen those four, right? So we had our best team yeah. and we couldn't get the job done. So it makes Australia feel incredibly fallible. And we're really humbled at the moment, I think, because when we lost the test, there was all this sort of ringing of, of hands. But then there was begrudging respect to say, look, India just deserved it. They played better. They created more opportunities. If you look back at Headingley at the last Ashes when Ben Stokes won that game, Australia fluffed so many chances on that day. Remember the missed run out, the missed catch, the stupid review? They had so many chances. They should have, they should have won the game. The Ashes was drawn. And they should have won that series, right? Whereas in Brisbane, they didn't have those chances. They didn't create those drop catches or whatever. It just didn't happen. So, I mean, India were totally, totally 
deserving winners. Yeah, and it wasn't even that close in the end in Brisbane. I mean, we were all watching it. The whole family came together. to It was kind of like a tractor beam where everyone was suddenly drawn to the TV with one hour left. You know, I mean, did you feel it was ever in doubt? Because, you know, when, when Washington Sunder got out... I messaged you and I, th- I said, that, I'll said they'll win. I messaged you and I said, I think they're going to do it. You you did, yeah. But when Washington Sunder got out with 10 runs left, I did kind of think, oh God, is this really going to... Are we going to lose... No, we could lose three wickets here. I can imagine Indian hearts were sinking with Saini yeah. facing Yeah, and then Shadul Takur going for the... Yeah, the glory shot. Going for the money shot. I mean... yeah. That was actually that's what I wanted to say before that it wasn't just the uh, the inexperience of the Indian team I think that was that really stood out but they just seem quite likable they seem to have captivated the cricket world in a way that India hasn't done um, you know they've gone from you know India's sort of I think outside of India the Indian team is often seen as an extension of the Indian cricket board and so it's you know the Indian cricket board as we know the BCCI has a certain way of doing things and it's has a lot of money behind it, a lot of weight, a lot of financial muscle. And then all of a sudden they became these lovable underdogs Yeah, in this series. I've seen an outpouring of support for the Indian team uh, from from all corners, including Australia, including Pakistan, Dar. But it was also, I think, because they won with their B team or their A team or whatever, right? Yeah. That, that's the sure. that's this huge underdog story. And Kohli was not there. I think Kohli not being there, he casts a huge shadow um, he does. And when he's there, you know, India has a slightly different, you know, they have a different face to them when Kohli is there. Ajinkya Rahane, very different character. Yeah, Rahane's press conference with, with Ravi Shastri, it was a very, very, very humble victory. They thanked a lot of people. They played it down. They became across as very likable. Um, whereas often before, maybe Ravi had, sh- you know, shoot off, you know, talk about hemispheric theories and whatever and bring people down. But he was really talking about his team, the support staff, how everyone stood up at different times. Rahani seems like a very likable character, very astute. Um, He has a way of mentoring and influencing more than, I think, you know, Kohli's much more of a lead by example, I'm the hero kind of thing. Whereas I think Ajinka is a bit more in the behind the scenes, massaging and influencing kind of leader. And I think for some of these young personalities that he has to manage, you know, they have very strong personalities. Jadeja, these guys, that he needs somebody like that, I think, sometimes as well. to almost empower them and give them support to do and go and play their own game, right? Yeah, and the, the, yeah, the team spirit in the Indian team, again, Indian teams are not necessarily known for their togetherness. That has, seems to have changed dramatically. This seems like a team that enjoys each other's company and backs each other. And, and even with Kohli around, it does seem like this is a team that that will fight for each other. But I also think tactically, we didn't really talk about this. I think tactically they were brilliant throughout the whole series. I mean, I mean the leg theory, the leg side trap to 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 Smith and to Labashain worked a treat. When they changed the batting order at the SCG, um, they put Vahari below um, Pant so that Pant could have a go. And then if they needed to at the back, they could ballast it with Vahari. I think it was, it was brilliant, right? So I think there was a lot of tactical nows. And I think to me... Often you get decisions like that where you have a couple of people talking about it together openly and everything on the table. Sometimes when you have a hero leader, they just make decisions themselves without consultation and you don't want to consult too much. But I think that that feels to me like there was a discussion going on and said, okay, let's do this. Let's try that. Yeah. Right? It wasn't well, it like- seems like um, there is, you know, we've talked about the brains trust before, but they kind of, they've earned that, uh, they've earned that name now. I mean, I thought the selections after the first test were spot on every time. And and even to the extent where I was disappointed they didn't pick Kuldeep Yadav 
for the final test, but they got it right. You know, you can't argue with the selection for the final test. I didn't think they needed. I, I was with you on that. I thought it was it was it was funky, but it turned out to be game game changing because he scored the runs. It worked because I didn't think they needed Shadul Thakur and Navdeep Saini, but then Saini got injured. They always knew one of the pace builders might get injured. So they, they picked an extra one. I mean, even the selections in the second test, where they went in with, with basically six batsmen and Ravi Jadeja, right? That was Kohli's idea, apparently, to replace himself with Jadeja. Um, so he played a big role. We've learned that we learned that uh, Shastri, you know, there's more than the one-liners. It was his idea to bowl Ashwin within the first, I think the 12th over in Melbourne. He got Steve Smith immediately, right? In his first over. Uh, that was a Shastri idea. Rahane, we've always known, is tactically very astute. Some people would say he's a better tactician than Kohli. I mean, that's a conversation for another time. Um, but I think the coaching team really emerged for India. You know, Shastri, Bharat Arun, the bowling coach, uh, Sridhar, the fielding coach. We've watched his excellent YouTube chat, by the way, with with uh, Ashwin. Yes, Ashwin's, highly recommended. Ashwin's YouTube yeah, channel is a real is quite influencer. Good. He really is. Ashwin. Who's better on social media, Ashwin or his wife, Preeti? I haven't seen his, her social media game, so I can't comment. Oh, really? Preeti Ashwin has, has turned into a... She um, she has kind of really emerged on social media. So during the um, Sydney test, when, uh, you know, Payne's the sledging from Tim Payne was really visible on the screen, by the way, because Ashwin kept stopping to say, I'm not going to bat until this stops. Yeah, that was excess- excessive, wasn't it? Yeah, he, well, he just kept going, didn't he? he just wasn't, You could see he'd really lost it. He'd lost his yeah, rag. It was inane, wasn't it? It was so inane. And it was also listening to Manus Lavashane and Matthew Wade. Yeah. Well, at least at least my teammates liked me. I mean, come on. What is this? You've got to do better than well, that. Well, you can't say anything. You tried that two years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, they used to say a lot worse things, obviously, but the type microphones were off, right? Um but they have to, they yeah, have to but you could be a bit clever. About, you can't even with Ashwin. You can be a bit clever, like you know, you could say something about his bent arm or something. I don't know. There's things you could say. Yeah, Australians um, aren't known for their um, Preeti, subtleness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Preeti Ashwin said uh, she comes out on Twitter and says, "Ash, just just imagine it's um, it's Adya, your daughter, at three a.m. crying," uh, which which was a tweet that went viral. Then. After the Indian win, uh, Preeti comes out with "See you at the Gabba, mate," <laughs> uh, which is, of course, Tim Payne's famous. Yeah, some 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 quotes don't age very well, do they? Famous quote, uh, and then she's then she. I mean, she's got a really good Twitter account. I would recommend following it. She was also uh, apparently Ashwin's their, their daughters. They have two young daughters who were with them throughout the tour, by the way, and they're in a lot of the videos. And, and they were um, getting really upset with how many times Pujara was get Pujara uncle was getting hit. Oh gosh, we didn't take it. We didn't talk about that, did we? We have to talk about Chetashwara Pujara, bloodied. It reminded me of Michael Michael Clark. I think it was in Cape Town where he kept getting hammered by Dale Stain and um, Makaya and Giddy. No, and Tini. Yeah, um, and Tini. He was just getting smashed, and I think it reminded me. He got- Eleven times he got hit. He said. Um, he said uh, Pat Cummins was consistently landing the ball on a crack, and it was rearing up. Uh, and he was not able to play it. He was worried about gloving it. So he said the best strategy was to get hit on the body because at least then I wouldn't get out. Yeah, it's like Steve Waugh's approach too. I think, <laughs> I think Steve Waugh should have the West Indies attack too. Let the ball hit him on the body. <laughs> yeah. Pujara's nuts. He faced 928 balls in this test series. In the last test series, he faced, he faced 1,258 deliveries. There's been a lot of talk about his intent. 
I don't know why. He blunts the bowlers. You could see that. The benefits in Brisbane when the Australian bowlers came back for the final burst with the new ball, they just couldn't you know, produce anything. Right. They were so tired. Exhausted. Bowling short is tiring. It is tiring. Right? It's, it's, it's very tiring. Fast bowling and, and, in general is tiring. <laughs> yes. Fast bowl at that speed. Yes, very tiring. And Pujara just blunted them. So... Um, so he 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 was a I mean obviously a huge crucial factor. Ashwin has really emerged I think as a as a key tactician in this setup, um, along with the coaches, along with Ahane. Uh, but you know I think overall India just kind of all of the key things that they needed to do right they did, and I guess the most amazing thing is just they did it with such an inexperienced team. I mean, Washington Sundar, I think, is going to play a lot more international cricket for India. He's a very well-organized batsman. Um, he outbowled Nathan Lyon. But then who does he replace, though? When everyone's fit again, who does he replace? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? India now have a kind of surplus of riches. Like, how would you... You can't replace Jadeja or Ashwin. You know, will Shadul Thakur play another test match? I doubt it. You know, he bowled very well, though. You know, he might in England, though, because he's an out-and-out swing bowler. He might. So, Well, he really the, reminded me of uh, Manoj Prabhakar. So when the conditions are right, you know, horses for courses, right? Why wouldn't you play him on a, on a, on a swinging pitch or a swinging wicket? You, you definitely should, right? So I think Washington Sundar will be, he, you know, obviously Ashwin and Jadeja are the, are the key test bowlers, but he, Sundar will now be at kind of like the Kuldeep Yadav level. And depending on the pitch, you know, if they need a bat, uh, more of a batsman, they can play him. But he's not, you know, I think we have to get away from thinking of him as a bowler, actually. I think he's a better batsman than a bowler. Um, I think Rishabh Pant should never be dropped again. And, and honestly, this is going to be the issue because they want to play Saha in India because he's a much better keeper to the spinners. So they, I think they should just play, um, I don't know, it's going to be a tough one if they want to play five bowlers. But you, you could play Pant as a batsman. But then you'd have to play him at number five if you want five bowlers, right? If Saha bats at six. Well, is that too yeah, high maybe. for him? Maybe, maybe who knows? Anyway, let's talk, so we talked a lot about, you know, India, we, you know, there's, there's a ton of stats that I can give you. I mean, just a few a few ones. Obviously, the first time India have won at the Gabba, first time Australia have lost there since 1988, when they lost to the West Indies. On that tour, they actually lost, I think, three tests to the West Indies. They also lost in Sydney and I think in Perth, maybe somewhere else. So it, was, it wasn't like... But that was when Australia was dreadful, only right? Win. Australia was quite bad in the late 80s. Yeah. Mid-80s. 88, they were just... They'd won just, the World Cup, so I think they were on just the up. turning the corner. Just turning the corner, Yeah, yes. they're just turning the corner then. Um, by the way, Alan Border uh, was one of the people in the commentary box who suggested in Australia should declare at 275. They've got enough, apparently. Um, so only two bigger targets chased by India in tests. Um, this is the only the fourth time when a team has come back from losing the first test of a series in Australia to win. Yeah, it makes sense. On a touring team. The last time it happened was in 1954. Mm, there we go. Which is crazy. Us stats, men. It's, I mean, there's so many, though, because there's so many firsts. I mean, you know, in, we, we know the stat about uh, Manus Labuschagne had more test wickets than India's entire bowling attack in the final test with his 13. But let's talk about Australia, Darren. Some big questions. Right. Uh, Nathan Lyon usually strikes every 67 balls at home. Struck every... It felt to me like he was bowling too flat and too straight the whole series. He just, 
He just seemed to have lost his zip. I totally agree. Why? I don't know. He seemed impatient, like he was trying to just dart the ball in, like to, to get a wicket. Versus normally he he works batsmen over with a lot of overspin and it really jumps up and he bowls outside off stump and turns it back in off the glove and that kind of stuff. Just seemed a bit flat to me. And Stark is hot and cold. I think Stark's always like that. I mean, I think that's why they didn't play him in every match in the, in the Ashes, right? Yeah, I think he looked like he was cooked. Yeah. Let me just give you some stats on Lyon and Stark. So Lyon struck every 124 balls this summer compared to 67. Uh, this is usual strike rate at home. He took nine wickets at 55. Uh, Mitchell Stark, his career strike rate is 48 in Australia, which is phenomenal, by the way. Uh, his strike rate in this series was 75. He took 11 wickets at 40. Of course, most of those 11 came in the first two tests. Four of them came in the first innings, I think, in Adelaide. So those two were the bowlers that really struggled for Australia. And the other issue for them is they didn't rotate their attack like they did in the 2019 Ashes. Is that just down to the personnel, James Pattinson being injured? Now, look, they have a couple of guys that were in that squad. Um, Sean Abbott was in the squad. Michael Nessa. Michael Nessa, who's a very good bowler. I'm surprised they didn't give Nessa a go. There could have been an option. They probably thought about maybe giving Nessa a go in Brisbane, which is where he's from. You know, in pace of Stark potentially, but I think they had faith in Lyon. I mean, you know, he has taken what <laughs> almost 400 Test wickets, and he's done pretty well. So it's difficult to see him dropping him. I think they'll probably stick with those four. You know, they'll rotate Nisa and probably Pattinson maybe for South Africa. Stark's average. That has to be said. Stark's average since Newlands is um, <laughs> significantly lower than it than it is pre Newlands. Yeah. So I mean, he's definitely a cause for concern because he's not getting that swing anymore, is he, off the reverse swing? Or even the opening bowling, he wasn't getting much swing in the hole. Well, it was uh, Crick Viz, I think, in the final final two tests. The the Indians moved the ball by, I think it was something like nine degrees on average. But that was off the seam, right? The Australians by. Not in the air. Because there was a lot of seam movement. I think it was in the air as well. Shadul Thakur was was moving. Yeah, he was, initial spell, yeah. True. He was. But whereas compared to Australia, was moving the ball, I think it was four four degrees on average. Yeah, and I think Cameron Green test. was disappointing with the ball. Like, he's been picking up rec- wickets regularly in the Sheffield Shield, but he just... He was too short. He was just too short. And he wasn't time. bowling as fast as he's been bowling in the Sheffield Shield. So I don't know what's going on there, whether they told him to bowl just containment or whatever. Because actually in the Sheffield Shield, you watch him bowl, he goes quite quick. He goes all out. So I don't know if they try to preserve him a little bit or because he was coming back from injury, right? Maybe they were trying to sort of preserve him a little bit. So he, he could be a good weapon in South Africa if he gets back to his, his bowling form. Yeah, I think, I think um, I mean, Stark's a fabulous performer, but I suspect Australia have, um, you know, if James Pattinson comes back, they have a, you know, they have a couple of bowlers who can come in. There's also... I mean, Jai Richardson has come back from, Jai from injury. He's a kind of, correct. he's more like yeah. a shammy bowler. He looks really good. He's short and he's, and he's more heavy, he's a heavy ball. Like he sort of gets that ball to rise and he's kind of a shorter um, a bowler. He's definitely quite rapid, but also quite a different kind of bowler, like a heavy ball bowler, like Shami. He might be making it to the South Africa tour, which is happening in March. Yeah, the big concern is um, is Nathan Lyon, who of course is 34, has played 100 tests. I looked at his stats. So before this series, his last test match was at home against New Zealand. He took 10 wickets. Yeah. So. He has recent form. Yeah, you wouldn't think there's any cause for concern, right? They have Swepson coming through. Right. I mean, you look at Lions, especially the f- the fourth innings returns for, for Lions, right? He took two two wickets in, I mean, how many overs did he bowl in the 
fourth innings in Sydney and in, uh, in Brisbane. He took two wickets in the fourth innings, bowled a lot of overs. And then, of course, you add Headingley to that. And I wonder, do you, is, it, is, it, is it time to start talking about potential alternatives? I, I think, well, they've got to be looking. That's why they have Swepson in the squad, who's, who's a promising leg spinner. Um, but yeah, I think he, he, they'll definitely stick with him for a while. Like, they'll definitely take Lyon to South Africa and, and see how he goes there. Um, but they might want to have a backup and start blooding somebody. I think the bigger concern is, is, is in the batting lineup, really. Um, I mean, Labashain was okay, a bit lucky. Smith was up and down. I thought he was good. Yeah. Um, you know, Cam Green looked okay. He does have that big front foot plant, which is a bit of a concern. Um, Shane Watson style, but he, you know, he looked okay. Um, they'll stick with him for a while. Um, Wade, I think, is, you know, he's in the squad. He's averaging under 30 in tests. Uh, I don't see how he, how he can retain his place. Uh, he's a great white ball player. He's such an unpleasant person. Yeah, he's a great white ball player as well. But I, I don't know why they're kind of persisting with him. I, I think it's about time they need to bring somebody else in. You know, they might go back to to head. Pukowski's going to be back on the squad again, I, I would have thought. I think Pukowski did well enough, but he's he seems unable to stay on the field. Yeah, he looks good though, doesn't he, when he's at the crease? He did look good. He, and his hair is... It's is beautiful, isn't it? It's like kind of surfer blonde tremendous. hair. Yeah, he looks a bit like um, Shubman Gill, a different style of player, but he looks quite assured. Like he looks like he belongs. Like he's not flustered. He has time. He looks comfortable. Yeah. So so he'll be he on the team. I think. Out there. I think there's only five players in this team that that you know. You talk about Hazelwood, Cummins, Smith, Labuschagne, and Bukowski are, I think, assured of 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 retaining their places. Um, but there's question marks around the rest. So in terms of the batting, um, Payne actually batted very well in this series, 200 runs at 41. Smith and Only he, Smith and Labuschagne made two half centuries in the series for Australia. Um, but then you look at the rest of the batting, uh, Matthew Wade, David Warner, Travis Head, Joe Burns, Marcus Harris, all averaged less than 25. David Warner's also 34. And he had a bad series in the Ashes too. Um Marcus Harris is never really convinced. Joe Burns, I can't imagine he's going to get picked for a while. Um, so it looks like there's some some places up for grabs in that batting line. If Pukowski stays fit, then it's Pukowski and Warner at the top for sure. They'll definitely give Warner another series. He, he looks out of sorts too, Warner. I don't know what's going on uh, with him. But he doesn't look like he's in good form at all. Maybe it's his injury, not not really comfortable back, back, back there at the crease, but didn't look very good at all really. So yeah, it's a bit of a concern. And back to my point, I think it's just that Australia, after this series, have realised we're actually not just not that good, really. You know, we're probably a top three, top four player. We we don't deserve to be a number one rank. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, we've talked about how crazy it is to see India performing well under these circumstances. It's just as strange to see Australia just kind of being this average at home. Um, you know, we've grown up for the last, gosh, 30 years, really, uh, expecting Australia to, to kind of carry all before them. And I know the last decade has been different for Australia. They've been not quite as good as they were, but you still think with that bowling attack, they've got enough. There's been a lot of criticism directed towards Tim Payne. Uh, and of course, you know, some of that is because of, of he's the captain, he's very visible, and there was all the sledging. But is his um, is his position in jeopardy? 
I think the problem he is... He didn't keep that well. I think the problem... Yeah, he didn't. He dropped, you know, you know, a couple of chances that he dropped and a misdumping were probably, you know, very important in the context of the game, especially in Sydney. You know, Alex Carey is averaging over 50 in first-class cricket. He just scored 100 in the big bash yesterday. There's definitely a push to probably get him in the, in the side somehow, um, whether at number six or number seven, to take the gloves. But, the, you know, the problem is who takes over as captain. I mean, can, can Pat Cummins really do the job? I mean, he's going to be running in all day, giving it his all. Is it more difficult than wicket-keeping, though? Maybe I mean, not. wicket-keeping's hard That's a good point. So, so maybe they work with him and a strong vice-captain and they almost have a kind of, you know, brains trust almost to lead the team. I don't think you have to have... I don't think one person has to ha- is, is like a dictator. I think they have to have a... There's a core of three people that can work together. And, and you know, Warner's tactically quite good as well. So and he won't be the captain, but maybe he, he can feed into that as well. So it's a more collective maybe approach to leadership. Um, and a different Australian approach. You know, Australian typically is quite macho that what the captain says goes. You know, you said quite rightly that Payne averaged 40 plus in the, in the series and did okay. But, you know, the dropping of catches and all that stuff, he did he did okay on in Brisbane, I thought. But, yeah, I mean, he stays, a, you know, does he go for another six months or a year? Maybe I would have thought much more than that. His ca- yeah, his captaincy has been, has been, a lot of Australians I've spoken to have been very disappointed with Payne's captaincy I, I kind of think that's an easy target because it's always the way to say oh he was too negative i mean you know it's, it's just like you can't always win test matches just by being ultra positive those days are, are maybe not there anymore it's a tough one it's a tough one with tim Payne. i do think pat cummins should be captain um he's kind of done everything that's been asked of him and and he seems like, at the very least, a very good ambassador for, good for the team. I don't think yeah, he'll I let think, them I down. Sure. He's a good bloke. When was the last time a bowler captained Australia on a full-time basis? Probably not. Not Well, Richie Benno, but he's an all-rounder, I suppose. But he was a bowling all-rounder. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's got to be 50, probably It's got to be one 60s. since then, right? I don't think so. Name one. There might have been a test, one, one or two tests. No, I mean full-time. I mean like a, on a permanent No, I basis. think you should definitely do it. And I was talking about that. We were talking about this a couple of years ago. You know, I think get a young captain in. He's what twenty six now, twenty seven. They could have given it to him when he, when he was twenty four or twenty five, and just rebuild the it's team. It's remarkable, actually, that Pat Cummins is only twenty seven. He's still got a good, you know, you'd say a good five years. But he was also out wood. of the game for a long time, right? Maybe four yeah, years. Yeah, he was. So he's missed that. He's going to take a lot of wickets. He was. I thought he was sensational throughout the series. He was strike bowler. He was stock bowler. He kind of had to do it all. Um, and he just flagged at the end there, I think. Um, but you, you couldn't have asked, you couldn't have asked for more from him. Um, so yeah, so yeah, lots of questions I think um, for Australia. They've got the South African tour coming up. India, their players get six days off at home. They get to go home. I've just watched a video of Shadul Thakur returning to his family home. It's like there's all sorts of, of craziness going. Yeah, on. I just saw. Sh- sh- he's, uh, he's, Mohammed Siraj going and visiting, you know, visiting his dad's grave, which was super touching. Oh, that's such a that's such an amazing story. I mean, he broke down in tears, didn't he? During he he like he breaks down in tears regularly. Mohammed Siraj, he's really emerged. I, quite, I thought the quote from Shubman Gill's dad was quite funny. It's like you know he should have got a hundred. What was he doing? <laughs> he was cruising <laughs> along. Was that Shubman Gill or what? Yeah, Shubman Gill's dad. Shubman. Washington <laughs> Sunder's dad also said um, when they asked him if he was happy his son had been picked for the test. He was like, no, no, I thought he'd get picked for the test. I'm not happy. That's classic Indian dad. <laughs> cool. All right. He'll be, he'll be happy once he's got a PhD, maybe. 
All right. So there you have it. I mean, what a what a remarkable series. Um, yeah, India. So India has six days off, and then they play England. It's a full-on tour, isn't it? It's four tests, five T20s, three ODIs or something. It's a full-on bubble bliss. Bubble blitz. It says England, I think, England quite sensibly are rotating their... They've got a real full-on kind of rotation plan for their team. I don't think anyone is going to play all four tests. Maybe Root, but most players are playing two tests, uh, maybe three tests. Um, so that will keep players fresh, but it you know also means... You know, you're asking a lot of some of these players to come in and immediately acclimatize uh, to a tour. You've also got Hardik Pandya coming back, isn't he? I think he's he's back and fit. Hardik Pandya's back. Um, oh God, who else is back? Because two other players have come back. Well, obviously Kohli's back. Ishan yeah, Sharma Sharma's is back. back. Yeah, he's fit as well. Yeah. Jadeja's still out. Actually, there's a lot of players who are still out. I think uh, Mohammed Shami will still be out. Um, Hanuma Vihari. Actually, I think Shadul's in the squad. Shadul's actually in the, in the squad, which is interesting. He is. Yeah. No, no, he's been, he's, he is. Team Natarajan has been rested. You know, I just hope the next amazing series has Australia winning. I think we seem to be on the losing end of all these close series. You know, 2005 Ashes, this one. Hopefully we win the next one. But it was a great, I mean, Team India, I mean, full credit. What an amazing fairy tale series. Yeah, it's a fairy tale, and I would definitely recommend everyone watches uh, Ashwin's uh, YouTube videos. They're uh, <laughs> they're actually really good. I did, I watched it. I was skeptical. I watched it. He's actually really me good. Me too. He's going to have a career in media for sure. After you're going to get in touch with him. We'll, after get, we'll get him on the we'll get, we'll get him on the cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd be happy. All right, excellent, Darren. Thank you so much. I did have a quote. I've forgotten it now. It was something to do with Pujara getting hit. But uh, I think we've exhausted all avenues. So I'll talk to you on the next episode of Cricket Ultras when Toby will be back and we'll be reviewing cricket from all around the world.